this is going to negatively impact your overall testosterone levels. My testosterone had tanked. Four things I really, really wish I knew. What's going on, friends? So on this video, I wanna share four tips I wish I knew when I started the carnivore diet for boosting, keeping testosterone levels robust. It is a very powerful hormone, very powerful steroid, anabolic steroid in the human body, naturally produced. I think for a lot of individuals, they are concerned with their testosterone levels and they might think that they're lower than they actually are, or they just get focused on this sort of stat and they, they really push for this stat at all costs. For me personally, I think that you want to have good levels of testosterone, but at the same time, you still also want to be able to do it in a natural way and respect it. These are the four things I really, really wish I knew that I had known going into the carnivore diet that I learned over my history. So quick backstory, I've pulled labs now for testosterone over the last year and a half, two years, four times. The very first time I tested at 600. When I was on the carnivore diet, I started out with just one meal a day. And when I tested my testosterone at that time, I was probably six months into the diet and my testosterone went to around 315. And I made some changes, created a video on that that you can check out that really specifically talked about my experience at that time. I retested my testosterone only about four or five weeks later, and it was up over 900. And since then, I've done labs again last fall, and my testosterone was around 700, a little over 700, and I have felt really good with my testosterone levels. I have really high libido. I feel as though my physique has been building, my strength has been really strong, my overall mood is really good, and I think it's been a really, valuable thing that I've focused on that has really helped change a lot of aspects of my life. So number one, prioritize your sleep. This kind of sucks because in modern world, a lot of the socializing, a lot of the fun that we have tends to happen after work, into the evening, into post sunset. But when we're talking about optimizing for testosterone, the majority of your testosterone is produced at night while you're sleeping. That's why you wake up with morning wood. That's why you wake up with a higher sex drive and you have more of that flowing in your body. So sleep is super critical and it's important to try to aim for early sleep. What I do in particular is I have a social life and I balance it. So when I know I'm working out or I'm physically active, I always prioritize sleep and by that, I mean getting to bed by 10 p.m., being in bed by 10. Some people can do it earlier. I found that it's just really hard to balance a general life in the people that I work with and my overall social life if I'm in bed and asleep before then. But I do find that I feel even better and my sleep quality typically improves and my testosterone levels typically seem like they're much more robust when I get to bed earlier. So on heavy training days, when you're breaking your body down, make sure you're getting into bed early. Don't go out and party. Don't go lifting and doing some supersets and just pushing your body physically if you're not gonna respect your sleep that night. So typically for me, my workout routines are on Sunday or Monday where I do heavy lifts and then Wednesday or Thursday. That way by Friday, I have the ability to sort of stretch my sleep, push myself later in the night where I can kind of do more social things and interact more and that creates a good quality of life balance for me. But in general, if you're struggling with testosterone and sleep isn't an issue, then that's great. But here's a few things you can do to optimize your sleep. As I mentioned, one of the first things you can do, go to bed early. When the sun goes down, turn off the screens, 
use only red light post sun. It's really what our ancestors would have seen as far as spectrums of light once the sun has gone down. Make your room dark, get blackout curtains. Do not let light in. Our ancestors did not sleep in artificial light at the intensity that we have now. Their, their light luminosity and the brightness of light that they experienced outside of cities in nature was much lower and your skin has receptors on it that detect light. So when you sleep, it's much better to darken your room, black it out completely. The idea is that you don't wanna be able to see your hand in front of your eyes from this distance and you want it to be that dark. Lower your thermostat, lower the room temperature. I typically have, I have a nest, so I program my thermostat to drop temperature throughout the night as it does outside. So when I'm sleeping, I typically will go to bed around 68, 69, and then after a couple of hours, I'll drop it to 66, then I'll go down to 64, and I sort of peak with my coolness around three or four in the morning at 60 degrees, and then I start to warm it back up to wake myself up. Consider getting a cooling topper. I use a chili pad, it's a game changer for me. Anything, there's jet beds, there's sleep pod eight, there's all kinds of temperature controlled bed situations that you can look into. We've got a video on ChiliPad versus the Uller Sleep System. You can check that out. I've been using it for about a year now with excellent results. But our ancestors, again, when they slept outside, they were grounded, they were sleeping on a surface where the temperature probably wasn't as insulated and the overall environment, as well as what they were sleeping on, cooled throughout the night. Remove molecules that inhibit your sleep. There are so many stimulants, nootropics, pre-workouts that have caffeine, have other molecules in them that are going to stimulate your body. And especially with caffeine, most individuals, it's gonna be at least six hours before you can metabolize it down a half-life. So if you take a pre-workout, a lot of those are gonna have 200, 300, even 400 milligrams of caffeine. And I know a lot of individuals will take those pre-workouts at three or four in the afternoon. There is no way your body will process all that caffeine by the time you go to bed. Even if you go to bed at one or two in the morning, you're still gonna be jacked up on caffeine and the amount of sleep, especially REM sleep, is gonna be inhibited by that caffeine and you're not gonna feel rested, you're not gonna recover, and you're not gonna produce the hormones in nearly as much of a level as you would when you got the real, just kind of natural, unfiltered sleep without those molecules in your body. So number two, was eating sufficient calories. When I tested my testosterone for the second time and it was near 300, I was doing carnivore diet and I was doing the carnivore diet with one meal a day for about six weeks leading up to that. I was also not respecting my sleep as much. I was going out more even during the week. and But eating the calories was a big one for me. I was finding that I was only about 1800 to 1900 calories a day that I could get in. One of the biggest changes I made between that test of 300 and that test of 900 was adding in a second or a third meal into my day. I now currently do two meals a day. I do a pretty hearty breakfast, which probably has about 1500 calories. And then I'll do another 1200 to 1500 in the afternoon, early afternoon, evening as kind of a second meal. And this allows me to get much more calories in. The thing is testosterone is an anabolic steroid your body produces. So your body is looking for producing testosterone when you're growing, when you have reproductive priorities, when you're actually building muscle mass. It doesn't prioritize that when you're not eating enough food. At that point, your body's getting the signal that, hey, I don't know where food is coming from. The last thing I wanna do is take the limited amount of protein and energy I have 
and start converting it and building. I need to conserve and down-regulate this person's hormones to kind of slow things down and conserve energy while we're in this mode of finding more food. And so it worked wonders for me to get very lean and lose weight. I went down below 150 pounds. I got super low body fat, but the problem was I wasn't building the mass. I wasn't packing on the size that I wanted and I didn't have nearly as much energy. I was clear focused, I was mental, I could do things, but at the same time I wasn't getting the results I wanted from a physique perspective and from a strength gain perspective. So deficits are not the place if you're looking to optimize your testosterone. Now this isn't carte blanche to go out there and eat crap. I see a lot of people, especially in the, the weightlifting community and the bodybuilding community, that are snacking on these horrible foods. They're eating just really calories for calories. And I don't think all calories are created equal. And I would rather see someone not eat food than eat garbage. But as a general rule, you wanna add more calories into your day that are healthy. You wanna fill them in. And you don't even need to worry about necessarily eating a huge meal after you work out. Personally, I don't even eat after I work out. I eat before. There's plenty of protein in my, my morning breakfast and in my lunch where when I get to the gym, I usually just do some targeted carbs from honey to kind of supplement and, and stimulate some insulin and allow me to kind of get some results and energy while I'm going through my lift. But I'm not looking necessarily to load in a bunch of crap. I'm just focused on getting as much calories as I can from the meals that I eat during the day. Number three, get sunlight, get natural sunlight. Full spectrum light is extremely powerful for human beings. Our ancestors did not evolve inside. I talked about this in the last video from last week about weight loss. We need sunshine. We need sun to hit our skin to actually signal to our body the actual chemical and molecule signaling that's going on. In fact, UVA from sunlight assists in nitric oxide production and vasodilation throughout our circulatory system and our cardiovascular system. There's a lot of health benefits for UVA sun exposure. UVB exposure is a key element for vitamin D3 production. In fact, calcium metabolism is largely supported by UVB exposure from sunlight on your skin. So when you think about testosterone, vitamin D3 from UVB exposure from the sun is actually not even a vitamin. It's actually considered a pro-hormone. It's completely different than just a vitamin. And your liver converts it into vitamins and other hormones that you, should, you need. And when you're not getting sufficient sunlight, you don't have enough pro-hormone to actually produce testosterone, the hormone, and your body is limited in the resources in the actual things it needs to produce it. Don't be scared by dermatologists that want you to stay away from the sun. Their job is to protect your skin. And yes, ultraviolet light will age your skin. I would say protect your sensitive areas. But if your skin is aging at a healthy pace, if you're not burning, there's a lot of research out there to support that the overall health benefits, the quality of your life, the overall prevention of cancer is much greater by exposing yourself to a healthy amount of sunlight. So if you're someone who lives in the northern latitudes of the world where you don't get full spectrum UVB because of the sun's angle for part of the winter, you may wanna look into getting into a sun tanning salon to get some sun exposure. You may want to look at getting some supplemental light, maybe even a reptile light, to kind of give your body some exposure to UV light because UV light is powerful. It is something our ancestors experienced the majority of the time. Keep in mind, you don't need to get sunlight every day, but you do wanna get it every few days at least 
your body will store vitamin D3. It is fat soluble, but at the same time, the more consistent you're getting it, the more you're signaling to your body, hey, this is a hormone I'm getting. This is something that I have that's in sufficient supply so I can produce adequate levels of testosterone. And the fourth biggest point that I really wanted to learn or know going into carnivore was to make sure that my minerals were on point. Whenever you're researching about testosterone in particular, a lot of people are gonna talk about zinc, magnesium, and calcium. Zinc and magnesium in particular, which are rich minerals for your body. These are essential minerals that you need that you cannot produce. You must get them from your sources of foods or water. The best sources of zinc and magnesium are meat and eggs and shellfish. Although seeds and nuts contain them, they also contain phytic acid and a whole slew of other health issues. The phytic acid actually binds to a lot of the minerals that you consume and then strips you of absorbing them. So even though they have levels of zinc and magnesium in some of these plant foods and, and seeds and nuts, they're actually not that bioavailable. The best sources by far are meat, shellfish, eggs. These sources are much better. For calcium, you can get it from spring water. You can get it from eggshells. I'm not a fan of dairy. I think that dairy comes with a whole slew of other problems. For most people, it's gonna trigger weight gain, body mass gain, and it makes sense. It's really a food that mostly is fed to infants and babies that are developing, allowing them to build mass. But when you're an individual and your goals are really to stay lean, optimize your health, have a lower body fat percentage, but still build muscle and have that, I don't think dairy is the way to go. You can get calcium from things like bone broth, mineral water, eggshells, those sources are gonna be valuable for you. So there you have it, the four keys right here that I would recommend if I wanted to know some things going into the carnivore diet. Prioritize and optimize sleep, especially when you're lifting on training days when you're physically active. Eat sufficient calories. You wanna make sure that you're getting enough calories to maintain. You do not wanna be at a deficit if you're trying to signal an anabolic hormone and steroid in your body. A lot of people want more testosterone, but they don't wanna eat healthy, high quality foods in larger volume. And their body down regulates testosterone because to the body, it needs to have the right signaling of nutrients that are sufficient, adequate for it to actually go, hey, let's kick on a building hormone that's gonna allow us to build up and have strength and energy and reproductive priorities. Sunlight is gonna help you metabolize calcium. It's going to give you nitrous oxide to allow your, your veins to vasodilate and your blood flow to be much better in your body, which also is gonna be a key for people who are dealing with sexual issues in some cases. But on top of that, the UVB is gonna give you that pro-hormone pro vitamin D3, which is going to assist your body in making testosterone and having more of that available to trigger and stimulate testosterone. And lastly, the fourth one, zinc and magnesium and calcium. Make sure you're getting those adequate minerals. The best sources are gonna be red meat, beef, bison, lamb. You can get it from other sources of meat, but those are gonna be really valuable sources. Don't be misled by the plant percentages listed in the daily values because a lot of that is not gonna be bioavailable. Phytic acid can strip a large majority of the actual nutrients that you absorb when you eat something like a seed or a nut. And there's a lot of other issues with plant seeds that we could go into a whole nother video on. I don't recommend that. A couple quick bonus tips we made this far, strip out phytoestrogens and alcohol. Phytoestrogens are plant molecules that mimic estrogen in the human body. Many vegetables, fruits, some grains, and legumes contain high levels of phytoestrogens. Think soy. Stay away from that as much as possible. You do not want your body 
getting confused about its hormones. And when you eat a phytoestrogen, you're giving your body an exogenous form of estrogen and it can throw your, your levels out of whack. It can really confuse your body and the signaling and the pathways. And you don't want that. And alcohol disrupts sleep. It disrupts a lot of things that causes inflammation. So limit your alcohol. I'm not saying don't drink, but be mindful of when you drink. And if you're training, be mindful of when you train. As I mentioned in the beginning of the video, when I train, I go to sleep early. I eat clean. I don't drink alcohol. I avoid all these sort of red flags that limit my testosterone. But on the weekends, or if I, if I know I'm going to be off traveling or socializing with people, I put a little bit of my training more on a baseline maintenance schedule. So I'm not pushing myself as physically. So I don't demand it much myself as much. And I'm more focused on enjoying that aspect of life and maintaining that balance. So if you made it this far, thank you so much for watching. I appreciate you. I appreciate all the support. Hit that like button, comment, subscribe. Let me know what works for you in the testosterone world. Have you tried any of these things? Are these things you're implementing into your life? And feel free to share this with somebody who's struggling with testosterone and needs help with that. And check out our other videos on testosterone. And as always, let's get optimized.